Good evening, church. Let's all rise to our feet this morning. Who's ready to give out their testimony? Come on. Let's sing this out. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Come on. I believe in signs and wonder. I have resurrection power. Still the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Yeah, my praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water. So sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. Oh, this is my testimony. Rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Let me hear your voice, church. Come on. If I'm not dead, you're not done. No. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. You're not done. You're not. Greater things are still to come. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. Oh, I'm alive. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. Jesus Christ to I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony.
no shadow you won't light up no mountain high enough and no valley low enough Lord where your love can't find me thank you Jesus for that I pray that we can send it all right now to you Lord as we approach this time of holiday season touch us with your love Lord continue to worship church. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every Give a love. 
church. Are you Lord great and mighty are you Lord father words cannot express how amazing you are father God we know what you've done we've known what you did on the cross we know why you did it and we have accepted that by faith and because of that you've transformed our lives you have made us new you have made us to shine in the midst of the darkness Father God, you have made us new and you have given us your name and we are called by your name, the people of God, sons and daughters of God. And we thank you for that. And Father God, for everything that we're facing, everything that we're up against, whether we're in this sanctuary or watching online, I pray that the Holy Spirit of the living God work mightily in the lives of every body, mind, and soul. That, Father God, we can lay our burdens down. We can lay our anxiety and our stress and our frustrations down. We can surrender all to you and say, God, it's all about you, not about us. Father God, we just surrender every element of our life. And we pray, Father God, that you pour into us that which we're lacking and that which we have, you strengthen that which you want us to have, that you make it even better. So, Father God, I pray for the sick right now. There's people that are battling for their life and some for their health. Lord, I pray the peace of God over their lives. Father, there's been some people that have passed away this week. And, Lord, there's, they're hurting families. They're asking you to restore the peace and joy in their household in the midst of brokenness. Lord, they're celebrating a homecoming that they were Christians and went home to you, but it doesn't take away the pain they're experiencing. Father, there's some right now in the hospital that need a miracle. And God, we're praying that you meet that need. There's some in this room that need deliverance. They need deliverance from their anger and their frustration, their resentful hearts from addiction, whether it be drug or alcohol or gambling or overeating or just whatever kind of addiction has gripped them, I pray for your freedom. 
Father God, I pray that, Lord God, you make yourself known here tonight. That, Lord, whether we're in this sanctuary or online, everyone will have an encounter with the living God. And we will not leave here the same. That we will leave better men and women, transformed men and women, free from those burdens we came in with because we're giving them over to you. And we pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people that agree, say amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And thank you, worship team. We love you guys. Thank you for leading us into his presence and leading him into ours. Hey, I want you to just take some time to turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad that you made it tonight. God's got a word for you. I'm so glad you made it tonight. God's got a word for you. Embrace each other. Thank the Lord for what he's doing. guys thank you man some of you guys try to cover as much ground as you can some of you start on this side of the church and you scoop all the way around man you're fast that's awesome hey I just want to remind you of a few things if you don't know who I am my name is Richard Mansfield and I'm the senior pastor here at the New Beginnings Church and it's a joy to have you in the house tonight It's a joy to have all you watching online tonight. What a joy to have you here. Hey, I want to remind you of Angel Tree. Angel Tree is a really powerful ministry. It's a powerful ministry because of the impact a simple gift gives. How it works is this. You go and pick up a card, an angel off the tree out there. You sign up. You say, I will bring this back on the day that they say, before or by that date. And they process all these gifts. They're hoping you'll bring it back already wrapped and everything, but if not, they'll wrap them and get them all ready. Then what they do is they have a big party, and they're hoping that you're going to volunteer to be a part of that. Because then those children that their mom or dad are incarcerated and they sign them up, receive the gift that you bought, but not in your name or not in our church's name, but in the name of that parent. So UHC is going to have this big gathering. Those people come and they go, hey, your dad or mom sent you a gift. And they're like, what? My dad didn't even talk to me. My mom doesn't even say, but she, they don't, they don't even know I'm here. And they go, oh, yes, they do. And you, they haven't forgotten you. And you give them a gift from their parents in their name. And I'm telling you, the transformation that takes place is simply amazing. Families that have been restored, families that have been healed, wounds that were deep really have been really amazed. So I'm telling you, 
It's a phenomenal ministry. I'm hoping you're going to take part of it. So there's a, a Christmas tree out there. That's where the station is. Sign up at the table there with the people there, and it would be wonderful to have you. Now, this, that's going to be awesome. But look, this Saturday, we're giving out our Thanksgiving food basket. So some of you have wanted to sponsor, and we want to thank all of you that have stepped up to sponsor. To sponsor a basket, it's $50.00. Everything has gone through the roof, and Mike Torres was able to really negotiate some amazing prices for us. And uh, we were able to do a, a Thanksgiving dinner for a family of four, eating plenty, or a family of six, just getting one plate each. And you could have a family of eight, and they could fight over the leg. And uh, <laughs> but, but it's really an amazing time. So if you want to sign up, you need to sign up. Don't say, well, I just figured you're going to call me. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't read minds. If you need one, just call the office or really go to the app, go to the website, or go to the information table and say, I really need a basket and sign up. And that way you could be uh, make sure we get you a blanket. This Saturday is the men's breakfast because that's when we're doing, putting together the basket. So this Saturday, we're going to have a men's breakfast, and we'll be putting together the baskets. We're going to be here at 7.30 in the morning, and then at 10 o'clock, we'll start handing out the Thanksgiving baskets. And by 12 o'clock, if you don't pick up your basket by 12 o'clock, I'm sorry we can't hold them over. We really don't have the facilities to do that. So you will, if you don't pick it up by 12 noon, if you can't make it, send whoever you're going to send to get that, and they have to have an ID uh, to pick up your basket. But if not, at 12 noon, then we're going to call the whole the, the, the waiting list. So I just need to let you guys know that. Also, this Friday, we're kicking off a brand-new ministry that we are so thrilled about, and it's called Senior Ambassadors. And it's for those that are 55 years old or older. So if you look too young, we're going to be carting you. you got to be 55. Now, some of you are 54. I'll let you in. Now, some of you are over 55, but you're married to someone younger than 55. You could bring your spouse, okay? It's okay. But we're really going to have a good time. It's a potluck, so please bring a dish, your favorite dish or snack. Bring your Bible. Bring a happy spirit because we're going to have an amazing time. And then this Saturday, uh, we're going to have a a gathering called Meet the Pastor. So if you've never met me personally, I would love to do that. It will be right after second service. And if you hadn't noticed, there's a box out there. We're collecting blankets and jackets because the winter's coming. A lot of you have blankets that you think like, oh, I've had this old thing. It's not all ragged out. It's not all trash. You just want to get rid of it. Please bring it here. It's for the homeless. Some of you have many multiple jackets that you, you keep saying, one of these days I'll fit into it, and you've had it for 20 years. And... Um, <laughs> 
Go ahead and let someone else fit into it now, okay? But, but guys, there's just a lot of stuff going on. I hope that you're going to partner with us and be a part of as many as you can. Amen? Hey, well, let's get in the Word. Uh, I'm finishing up this series that I started calling It's All About Me. It was a series where we're supposed to take a deep look at ourselves because the Bible says love your neighbors as yourself. So we're supposed to be loving ourselves, but some of us don't know what that means. Some of us are narcissistic, and it's all about me. Are you with me? And that's not what God is talking about. He's saying, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you do things to better yourself. You do things to improve yourself. You do things to take care of yourself. And it's saying, take care of your neighbor like that as well. Love on your neighbor like that. And, and, and the way to do that, one of the ways is keeping God at the top of the list. We don't always keep God at the top of the list. We find ourselves at the top of the list a lot of times. You all know what a totem pole is? It's that, okay, a lot of us, we're, we're at the top of that totem pole. We're that eagle up there going, yeah, baby, I am, that is me. And sometimes... God isn't even on the totem pole. He's so far down the list, we forgot to even put him on there because everything else is so much more important. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 42 and 43, it says, many people did believe in Jesus. However, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of man, of God. God, forgive us. Forgive us because what was happening then is still happening today. That people would rather want the praise of man instead of the praise of God. That people are afraid to go public with their love for you and putting you at the top of the list. And because of that, because they don't want to be expelled from the synagogue. They don't want to be expelled from their homies. They don't want to be expelled from their family. They don't want to be expelled from their little groups that they hang out with if they find out they're a Christian. Father, shame on us when we have thought like that and acted like that. I pray today we learn how to put you at the top of the list not us. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. There's a lot of ways to put Christ at the top. One of the things is we keep God at the top of the list by declaring our commitment to Christ. Have you made a declaration of commitment to Christ? Have you told him he is your Lord, he is your Savior, he is your Redeemer, he is your friend, he is your Messiah, he is the one that has delivered you He's transformed you, he's done a work in your life, and he's completely set you free. Have you allowed that to happen? Have you allowed that to take place? Have you declared him and committed yourself wholeheartedly to Christ? Jesus even said, look, in this world, you have an enemy. The enemy is the devil. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, he says the thief's 
purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to steal your commitments. He wants to steal the gifts he's given you. He wants to steal your talents. He wants to steal your mind. He wants to steal your skills. And he wants to kill you. He wants to literally physically kill you if he can. And if not, he wants to kill your character. He wants to kill your reputation. He wants to make sure that he assassinates your character. And he assassinates your personality. And that you are known for someone other than what God has made you. And he says he wants to destroy you. He wants to annihilate you. He wants to pulverize you. There's nothing kind about the devil. He wants to take you down. Yet God said, Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life, to give you life in abundance, to give you an abundant life, everlasting life, an overflowing life. He wants to give you a life that is from never-ending to never-ending. He wants to give you a life that has so much, you will say, oh, slow down, God. Man, I can't take it all at once. This is amazing. Yet, you know what? We sit there and we argue and we still fight for the top and we won't commit ourselves and declare ourselves publicly. And I talked about that on Sunday. Where there's some people that want to get married but keep it a secret. Okay, look, I want to marry you. I love you so much. You're the greatest woman I've ever met. Oh, my gosh, you're the greatest man. But we can't tell my mom and dad. We can't tell my family. Matter of fact, we can't tell anyone. So we'll get married. We're going to get married even at night to make sure no one sees us go in the building. And we're going to get married by the JP, Jack Price not even the justice of the peace. And then once you're married, don't, I, I, you can't change your name. You, you've got to stay the same. And when I see you in public, I'm going to pretend I don't know you. But I love you and we're married. I don't know about you. I sure wouldn't want that kind of marriage. Man, the marriage I have when we got engaged, you, you would have thought Cindy had a broken arm. She walked around like this forever. Oh, look at that, 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 look at that. And then we invited people to our wedding, but they didn't even have Facebook in that time. They just had in your face that time. And Cindy got into everyone's face. I'm married. I'm married. I married Richard Mansfield. Now I'm Cindy Mansfield. And I go, I married Cindy Collins. And she changed her name to Mansfield. And now she's Cindy Mansfield. We, we told the whole world. See, we weren't ashamed of it. There's people that, that won't commit to Christ. Man, look, when Jesus was dying on the cross, well, first, when he was out doing his ministry in John chapter 3, you see that there was this leader, a pharisaical leader named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus went to Jesus at night because he didn't want anyone to see him. He said, the things you're doing, 
obviously has to be in the Lord. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to get to heaven? What must I do to, to have what you have? He goes, you got to be born again. Nicodemus is thinking strictly in the flesh. He's strictly thinking as a human being, as a man, not spiritual or no other way. And he says, how can a, woman, a man once again enter into his mother's womb to be born again? And Jesus is going, Orale, Nicodemus. That's where you know Jesus has to be Chicano. He says, Orale, come on, really, Nick? And, 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 and he told Nicodemus, you got to be born of, of, of the Spirit. And later on, you see, when Jesus was crucified, there's this man named Joseph of Arimathea. It's in John chapter 19, verse 38. And afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple, secret agent, secret agent man. See, anyone that's old might remember that song. But, but, but Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders asked Pilate for permission to take Jesus' body, and when Peter, uh, Pilate gave him permission, Joseph came and took the body away, and he took him to a garden nearby, and he took him to a tomb that had never been used, and he says, I'm going to give him this tomb, and Jesus is like, no, that's cool, dude. I'll just borrow it for a couple of days because on the third day, I'm going to rise. I won't need it anymore. It's just going to be on loan from God. And if you read on in chapter 19, in verse 39, you see that Nicodemus was there. The secret agent Christian. Because they didn't want the Pharisees to find out and kick them out of the synagogue. Man, sometimes we're afraid to function in the spirit of God because we won't declare ourselves committed Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we will fail to say, I'm a born-again Christian. I have accepted Christ. Oh, but aren't you then part of our church anymore? You know what? Sure, but I am a born-again Christian, and I'm committed to him. And see, we, we get caught up. Luke chapter 9, verse 20, uh, 26 says, if anyone is ashamed of me in my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. He's saying, I want you to declare yourself. I want you to say who you belong to. I don't know if any of you have ever gone out of the country. If you've ever gone to Juarez, or in the Mexico, or in the Canada, these borders. But if you've gone way out of the country, one of the things they ask you is, what's your nationality? So when you come back in the country, and, and just north of, of Las Cruces, in mar mile marker, like I think it's 18, they have a checkpoint. And they have border patrol there. They're patrolling the border. Now, they used to have... A Border Patrol checkpoint all the time open, 
Now they just, ah, come on through. But you had to say who you were and what country you belonged to. You had to, you had to commit and declare. And they go, your declaration, and they go with citizenship, and you say American or U.S. citizen. And it says no joking, and there's all kinds of signs. And one time I got a car full of young people, and, and, and I go, okay, guys, here you're supposed to say American. And I'll go, American, 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 Guatemalan. And I'm like, dude, don't be joking around. No, really, I'm from Guatemala. <laughs> you have a passport. Are you here legally? Because otherwise I'm going to get arrested for transporting an illegal. And he goes, no, I got the documentation, Pastor. And I'm like, Phew, good. See, he had paperwork to show that he was now in this country by permission. Do you have declaration to show that you are now in his family by the permission of the Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, because you have been washed by the blood of the Lamb? I got documentation, Lord. I got blood all over me. I'm under the blood of the Lamb. See, it's time that we step up and declare ourselves. And when you start declaring yourself, you're putting God at the top, and you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And you know what? The lower down the totem pole you put yourself, the higher up God will raise you. He says, humble yourself, and I will raise you up. Humble yourself, and I will lift you up. Humble yourself, and I will pick you up to a new level of living and a new level of life. But let me put you there, because if you put yourself there, God might say, hey, I'm glad you think that highly of yourself, but guess what? You're way down here. That's why he says, you know what? Never take the front row seat. Don't ever sit at the table unless you're invited. So you ought to sit in the back. And that way, if you're asked to come up, wow, they asked me to come up. Because it's really embarrassing when they go, hey, can you please move because this is saved. This is saved for a child of the king. You're like, wow, I'm, I'm not a child of the king yet. See, God wants to raise us up, but he wants us to declare ourselves his. He does not want us to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the very power of God unto salvation. Second thing we need to do is when God is at the top of the list, we keep him there by establishing our values in Christ. We live from God's word and not our word. Now, I'm glad we hold our word and we should hold our word. We should commit ourselves to that. We should be men and women of integrity. But God is saying, I want you to establish yourself in me. I want you to be my son, my daughter, established by me, my son and daughter, because you have been adopted into the family. You have surrendered yourself wholeheartedly to Christ. You've surrendered yourself, and you've given yourself up, and you have now been bought by the blood of the Lamb, and you have been adopted into the family of God. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He said, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So God had already set us up 
to live by certain values and that we would be really just shine. He says, God decided to advance. He, uh, he, he decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So it's saying God had, from the very beginning of the foundation of the earth, was even laid. He had already planned a way to win you and adopt you into his family so that you could be in the family of God and live by new values and new principles and new precepts and new decrees to really be able to do it his way and no longer ours. That we would say, I am a child of God. I am a woman of God. I'm a man of God. I am a son and daughter of God. I have been adopted into the family. Everything that's his is mine, and everything that's mine is his. He even said that. He said to us that he would now welcome us into his family, and he said, like the story of the prodigal son, he goes, man, kill the fatted calf, but man, let's put a robe on him. And he had that signet robe where it had right there, son of God. I could walk any place in the palace because I'm a son of God. And he had the ring, the signet ring, the ring that showed I am a man of authority. I'm a woman of authority. I have the authority of the living God. I have the authority of the King of kings and Lord of lords because he has given me that authority. He says, all authority has been given unto me, and now I give it unto you. And he's given us his authority. Yet we walk around like a bunch of sissies and a bunch of chickens. And, and we, we're afraid of everything. I, the cuckoo. I, the llorona. I, the boogeyman. I, the dark. I, I, I. What's wrong with us? We are men and women of power, of authority. And it's not our power and not our authority. Just like a police officer. He can't just get out in the middle of the street and say, stop. If he doesn't have his badge on and you don't know who he is, man, stop. Wow, poor guy. But if he has his badge on and he's out there and he says, stop in what? The name of Richard, no. Stop in the name of Michelle Grisham, no. Stop in the name of Joe Biden, no. Says, stop in the name of the law, of the Constitution of the United States. Stop in that name, in the name of the United States of America's laws, stop, because I represent the law. And I fought the law and the... Yeah, it won. And some of us are still fighting the law. I'm going to beat them this time. Well, unless they broke the law and they did something wrong, yes, you will. But if they represented it rightly so, you're not going to win because you are going up against a power greater than you. But when we have the power of God, we're going up against spiritual powers that are greater than us, but not greater than the Lord. And when we have the anointing of God, guess what? That demon has to flee. That's why he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He says, 
Cleanse yourselves. Purify yourselves. Humble yourselves. And what happens? The devil takes off. He goes, I, I always picture him like a dog crying. And there he goes. And you sit there going, wow, God, you're amazing. And that's when you start singing, look what the Lord has done. Because he's a mighty, mighty God. Look, we've got to absorb the values of God. We have to absorb the values and calling of God on our life because God has established this for us. He has committed himself to us, but he's saying, you need to commit yourself to me because I want to adopt you, but you have to put yourself in a position to be adopted. You have to say, call unto me, Lord, because I'm calling unto you. And I'm telling you, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know my voice and they know what? My voice and they, I know theirs. So he's wanting us to call out to him. He's wanting us to receive him. In the book of Psalms 119, verse 1 through 3, it says, joyful are the people of integrity. In other words, when they're doing it right, who follow the instructions of the Lord. He says, joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with what? Evil. They don't negotiate with the devil. They don't negotiate with wrong. They don't compromise with evil. And they walk only in God's paths, in his paths. They walk in the way of the Lord. We've got to embrace his values. We've got to establish ourselves in his values. We have to establish ourselves in his word. We have to establish ourselves in his way. Because guess what? Sometimes not everyone does. So you might be living God's standard, and another Christian might not be living in God's standard. And it's going to create some conflict because guess what? We're brothers and sisters that says we've been adopted. I don't know about you, if any of you have a sibling, sometimes your siblings could be a little right? I sent my brother a T-shirt that said, Mom didn't raise any fools. Well, okay, one of them might be. But I love you anyway, brother. And he goes, hey, that T-shirt could go both ways. <laughs> now, of course, I was teasing my little brother, my younger brother. But hear me. See, there's times within our family that people in our family do some weird things, amen? I, I, I for the most part, always get along with my family. I usually have been the peacemaker in my family. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. That doesn't mean they're perfect. But I'll tell you what, we always resolve it and get along. And all I know is that I work with some families that Thanksgiving is a week away and you're heartbroken because you're not invited. And you're not invited to sit at the family table. 
but your family. And they don't want you at the family table. But hear me. Don't get locked in that moment. Because God says, I've called you to my table. And I'm making a banquet, and it's going to be beautiful. And you know what he even says? I'm going to seat you in the place of your enemy. And you're not even going to be all needing Prilosec. You're going to be like, wow. Wow, man, I don't need Tums. I don't need nothing because I got the peace of God. And here my enemy's right in front of me, and I'm eating a leg of lamb with red chili and mashed potatoes. And, ooh, baby, this is good. And you know what? That's what he's saying because we follow his instructions. Let's move on to the third thing. We keep God at the top of the list by standing up for the downcast in Christ's name. There's a lot of downcast people. The Bible even says, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. In other words, we all get bummed out sometimes. We just do. Sometimes you get bummed out because people you love a whole lot just kind of go brain dead for a little bit. And you're like, what happened there? You're my wife. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? You're my husband. What's wrong with you? You're my son or daughter. What's wrong with you? You're my mom and dad. What happened? Man, what happened? You're my best friend. You're, we're, we're journeying through life together. And what? You know what? He says, it's time that you just stand up. And you speak for the downcast. So that means you have to be able to identify downcast people. You have to be able to identify people that are broken and hurting. And sometimes when someone's broken and hurting, the last thing you need to do is go up to them and say, man, you're really messed up, broken and hurting. I need to minister to you. Because they're going to say, who do you think you are? So what you do is you start pouring out grace and love and minister to them with peace and grace and just prayer. And you don't even say, let me pray over you. You just pray. And you don't have to pray out loud because you're not praying to them anyway. Praying to God. So you pray and you say, God, they're hurting right now. I forget one time I was on a in I was serving as a police chaplain. And that means I used to go out when they found someone dead or someone had been killed or whatever. And I got called out to this call and this there was an elderly lady there. She was eighty nine, she told me. And I walked in her house and there were boxes all over the living room, in the dining room actually, where the dining room was. She goes, oh, forget those boxes over there, chaplain. My daughter moved in here, and she's a mess. She's been addicted for a long time, and I don't know what she's up to, but she's always in the back in the garage back there. And and uh, I went back there to check on her, and I found her dead. And I don't know if she's overdosed or what. And I go, would you allow me to pray with you? She goes, I don't need your prayers. I don't need nothing. I go, not a problem, man. I've been Ma'am, I said, I've been praying before I even came over here that God would comfort you and minister to you, and I, I definitely don't want to offend you. And then when 
the police came and told me, Kaplan, you need to help us because we just found a meth lab in the back. And if this old lady knows about it, she's going to jail too. So I'm like, okay, so I'm just talking with her and visiting. And I go, so do you go to the garage much? She goes, no, my daughter wouldn't let me pass the backyard. I couldn't go to the, it was a, a separated garage with an alley in the back. She goes, no, my daughter won't let me go back there. I go, wow. She goes, I don't know what she was up to. She had to be up to something. There was people coming and going, coming and going, come, meeting in the alley, and I don't know what she was up to. No, but there had to be something going on. So the police are hearing her say all that, and I go, well, ma'am, um, actually, they did find something. They found a meth lab back there. Oh, no! Does that mean I'm going to get arrested? I go, well, ma'am. I need prayer. Please pray, 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 pray. And I go, well, I've been praying since before I got here, but I'll definitely pray with you. And I went and knelt next to her, and she held on to me, and I prayed over her. And she goes, you've been so nice. Even when I was mean to you, I said, I don't want your prayer. Now I'm begging for prayer. And I prayed, God, as they arrest her, don't let, them, let her get in trouble in jail. No, I didn't pray that. <laughs> that would have been messed up, though, huh? Guess what, lady? You're busted. <laughs> no, but, so I ministered to her and prayed. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verse 8, it says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. There's people being crushed every single day right in front of us. There's times, I tell you, at the grocery store, I see it all the time. People are mean to the clerk. Dude, I don't even go to those self-service that much. Because I don't know if I, I, I go, I know I'm not that dumb. What's wrong with me? But I'm there, you know, I'm there putting at every angle, and it finally beeps, and okay, and they'll come and help me. They go, sir, let, let us clean it off, and they have to clean it, and now I could do it. And, and, but when someone's in the checkout line and the clerk is having those troubles that you're having, they're, hurry it up, don't you know how to do that? You work here, what's wrong with you? And man, they're just ugly. I go, hey, 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 you know what? If you've ever gone to self-checkout, you know how it works, man. It's all messed up sometimes. Cut her some slack. She's awesome, man. So let's pray for her. She's all stressed out because that stupid machine's been messing up lately. And then they kind of back down, and then they'll tell me, thank you, sir, thank you. I go, so hurry it up and make it quick. No, I don't say that. <laughs> but, but, but. They appreciate me sticking up for them and, and speaking up for them. That's why we speak up for unborn babies, and that's why we speak up for people dying, on, on, and, they, and they want to they, they wanna euthanize them. Like this. Let, them, let us just mercy kill them. They're like, whoa, wait up. A good friend of mine is in the hospital right now. Three days ago, his wife called me and said, Pastor, He's unresponsive. He's not doing good. They don't know what's wrong. 
they want to intubate him, and he he didn't want to be intubated, and now he can't even respond, and I don't know what to do. And I go, well, we, we need to pray. Pray, 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 pray. And I checked on him Monday, and then I checked on him Tuesday, and I checked on him tonight. She goes, oh, my gosh, he's sitting up, and he's eating, and he's doing great. And they wanted to just pull the plug on him and just say, forget it. And let me tell you something. We've got to speak up for the downtrodden. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 12 through 14, it says, then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or banquet, he said, don't just invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, what I really want you to do is this. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. He's saying that sometimes people that are broken, hurting, people reject them. And God says, love on them. Love on them because they've been rejected all their life. They've been beat up all their life. Hold them up and just love on them. Bring me to the fourth thing that we keep God at the top of the list by being ourselves and not someone else. I don't know about you. I've tried to be someone else before because I've shared my childhood before. My parents are from Mexico. My first language was Spanish. I was real light-skinned and blondie, and so they used to call me Huero. But before they called me Huero, they go, hey, man, what's your name? And I go, me, I'm Tony Mansfield. They go, you're Mexican, you stupid Mexican. Get out of here. The Mexicans would hear me. They go, hey, como te amas? And I go, me, I'm Tony Mansfield. Tony Mansfield, eres gringo, you're a gringo. Get out of here. I never, I, I didn't fit in any place. I was longing to be someplace, to be part of something. So then I started acting like them, or started acting like them, and started acting. Do you know how exhausting that is? Some of you know, because that's what you go through every day. You act like this person, or you act like that person, and some of your friends go, oh, brother, you're trying to be all white now. Oh, brother, you're trying to be all brown now. Oh, brother, you're trying to be black or Asian or native or you're trying to be something you're not. And you're going like, no, I just want to be somebody. You don't even know who you are. And when you come to know Christ, he gives you an identity. He says, you're my son. You're my daughter. I made you with your weirdness. I made you like that. I know you talk and talk and talk, and people go, God, do you ever shut up? And you go, when I sleep, kind of, because sometimes I even talk in my sleep. Then they'll go, oh, my gosh, you talked all night long. You were laughing. You were having a good time. She goes, what were you dreaming about? I go, boss, I don't know. I go, he goes, well, you were there. I go, well, you were there listening in. What did I say? (laughs) I go, if you were there, why didn't you join in? (laughs) You know, it's like. I'm just wired the way I am. She's wired the way she is. But I can't be somebody else. I even tried that. 
that's exhausting. Be who God made you to be. He's given you these gifts and these talents, and he wants you to use them for his glory. And when you're yourself, you're putting God to the top. You're saying, you know what? Nobody else might like me, but you know what? My God loves me. He has called me out of the darkness into the light. He has made me his child. Man, he has anointed me. He's made me the head and not the tail. Other people might call me the tail, but my God doesn't. He called me by name. He goes, come here, Richard. Come here, Richard Anthony, who they call Tony. Come over here, Mansfield, who's a Mexican. Come here. Nobody else might not understand you, but I created you. I know everything about you. Be who God created you to be. Quit trying to be someone else. Say, God, where do I fit? And let me be used of you in that place. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as your Lord of your life. And if someone asks your hope uh, uh, about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak about you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. See, you're going to start telling people about the Lord, but you're going to do it in a loving way. You're not going to be all turn or burn, accept Jesus or go to hell. Like, Wow. But instead, you're going to say, man, God has been so good to me. And they might go, oh, shut up, man. And then they check you out, and they find out, what? You're a pastor? You're a director of a ministry? You're transforming lives? You're helping people? You're feeding the hungry? You're clothing the naked? You're visiting those in prison? You are helping the downtrodden? Wow, you're a man of God. You're a woman of God. And shame on them. So stand firm, oh man of God. Stand firm, oh women of God. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making so wonderful, making me so wonderfully complex. Nobody can figure you out except God. Your workmanship. Lord, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Let me tell you something. You need to say, Lord, help us to not settle for less. Help us. To realize that the devil doesn't want us to belong. You belong. This is a place of belonging. And some of you, you've been told, you don't belong. Let me tell you, you belong. You're, you belong. Hope is to realize that God has chosen you. We have hope because he's chosen us, loved us, and he's adopted us. And we're adopted. 
We bear the name of Christ. Help us to value ourselves as God values us. He looks at us and saying, you're worth dying for. And we think we're garbage. Some of us have tried to kill ourselves because we didn't even believe in ourselves. And you lived. And that's because God has a purpose for you. Quit letting the devil lie to you. He values you. And help us to live as children of the king. Not walk around arrogant, but walk around with boldness. I'm a child of God. I have authority. I have the authority of the Most High. I carry the signet ring because I am his and he is mine. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God that salvation. I'm not ashamed of my Lord because he suffered, died on the cross for my sins, but on the third day, glory! He rose from the dead. And here we are. So if you've never accepted Jesus, tonight's your night. Accept him. What are you waiting for? Why would you hold back? Come up and say, Pastor, I need to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone here today that never has and wants to? Raise your hand and say, that's me, Lord. That's me. Anyone? I want to make sure everyone has a chance. Well, then we need to pray. We need to pray that we have the covering of God, that we have the value of God, that God is at the top of our list. And I mean the very top, not second or third, at the top. To say, God, I surrender all. I surrender all. You give life, you give hope, you give everything we need. Great is the Lord. Would you stand with me? Make your way up if you need prayer. Make your way up to get things settled with God. Some of you have Jesus, but he's way down the list. You need to put him back at the top. Some of you need to repent and say, God, forgive me. Some of you need to say, you know what, God? You're right there and don't let anything come between us. So just sing it out. Make your way up so we can pray over you. And then we'll be dismissed. Ask someone to come up with you. Say, hey, would you go up there with me? I need prayer. Would you pray with me? Sing it out. Sing it out. Just ask God to help you to put things right.
declare it. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pour out, Lord God, our burden. We pour out our praise. We pour out our hearts. We pour out, Lord God, everything that we are to be filled with everything that you are. For people online and people in this sanctuary, God, I pray that you minister to the brokenness in our life. Lord, we've been hurting. Lord, we've been overwhelmed. We've been seeking more and more of you. Father God, I pray that everyone leave here tonight with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That God, they don't leave here alone. That you walk out with them. And God, I thank you. And I pray in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. We love you, church. Don't forget this Saturday, the Thanksgiving food basket. We love you. Go make a difference. We'll see you Saturday, men, for the men's breakfast. And we'll see you Sunday at 9 and 11.